Shalom and welcome to another in our series of podcasts from Temple Beth Am, a dynamic center for conservative Judaism in Los Angeles. This is a recording of a Shabbat sermon by Rabbi Adam Kligfeld. Certain emotional transitions are in the air right now this time of year. A lot of them have to do with children having the audacity to do the very thing that their parents and their teachers have trained them to do, which is to fly away a little bit and move on to the next step. There are graduations happening nearly every day. B'nai Mitzvah, children being told that they're adults and actually beginning to act like them. Tomorrow I'm officiating at a wedding where as in every wedding there will be tears of great pride and joy and a recognition that once again a certain stage of parenthood is coming to an end. And ends that we anticipate and ends that are good and ends that augur the next stage which is supposed to be the next stage can sometimes be emotionally heavy with parents wondering when you fly away little chick uf gozal will you come back to me a little bit and perhaps children and semi adults in several different stages wondering will my parents still be able to be the parents that i have relied on them to be reminds you of the joke of the woman in long island the jewish woman in long island who calls her mother in New Jersey. And she says, "Hello, Ma." "Yes, darling. How are you?" "Oh, Ma, I'm doing terrible. The kids have the flu. The refrigerator's broken. The sink is leaking. And this night, tonight I have 30 members of the sisterhood coming over for a dinner. And I've done nothing to prepare." Mother said, "Don't worry. I'm going to take a bus into the city. I'm going to transfer from Port Authority to uh, Grand Central Station. I'll take the LIR out to Long Island. I'll take a taxi from the train station to your house. I'll walk the last little bit myself. I'll come in. I know how to fix the sink. I'll take care of the kids, don't worry. I'll even make your husband David his favorite meatloaf for dinner. Someone says, "David? I don't have a husband named David. Is this 5341269?" No. This is 5341268. Does that mean you're not coming? <laughs> <laughs> I grew up on that joke and in the pathos of wondering just how far we want our children to fly away and what it means to live in both of those aspects of the tension. Prepare your children to be independent and prepare yourself to not need your parents nearly as much and then see how many moments in life have that tension be back alive we raise our children with several of these paradoxes grow up and be independent and don't need us and we are here for you if you do follow your dreams study your passions live the life that emerges from your heart on the one hand figure out something that you can study and do where you can make a living because life is expensive and Jewish life is expensive 
and not every individual passion of your heart will pay the bills. Both of those messages are messages that we give our children and our students all the time. And a third paradox. We're preparing you, and you've got this. The next stage, whether it's the stage of Jewish adulthood after bar mitzvah, or entering high school, or entering college, or entering marriage, you are doing such a good job that there will be a certain ease to this next stage. There's no need to fear. There's no need to worry on the one hand. And at the same time, children, students, things that matter, things that have enduring value, things that have sanctity, take effort and travail and investment and prepare for things to be harder than you anticipate. If you expect long-term relationship and marriage and a university education and a profession that lasts decades to be simple and easy and filled with ease, you will be disappointed and the bonds will break. At the same time, we want you to step forward with confidence because we've trained you in the ways that we intend to train you. I tell nearly every bar bar mitzvah student who sits in my office a year before the bar bar mitzvah that the way we do bar bar mitzvah temple beth am, which is not an instant oatmeal model, we're just adding hot water and mixing, but we're cooking in a slow cooker for a long time, for years of education and a year of preparation. It's so that this bar mitzvah means something and lasts a long time. There is a heaviness and a burden to things of significance. And we delude ourselves if we can achieve almost any of them without, on some level, back-breaking labor. The Kutzker Rebbe, one of the great Hasidic masters, says something on that very notion, on one of the first verses of the Torah that Ness read today. Before we get to that list of all of the gifts that each of the princes of the individual tribes brought as a way of dedicating the tabernacle, we are told that some of the chieftains brought wagons. Wagons to the center of the camp. Why? To help schlep all of the accoutrements and all of the building blocks of the temple as they went from one encampment to the next. And there were three children of Levi who each had different responsibilities for loading the things on the wagons so they could schlep them across the wilderness. And then the Torah says something interesting. We learn about the number of wagons that the Gershonites got to schlep their stuff. We learn about the number of wagons that the Merarites got to schlep their stuff. V'livnei kahat, but to the children of kahat, the Kohatites, Lonatan, they didn't get any wagons. Ki avodat hakodesh alehem, because the most sanctified work was upon them. Bekatef isau, they had to carry it on their shoulders. The Kutzker Rebbe says. The work of the Kohat tribe, sub-tribe, was to hold the most delicate of stuff. The stuff that had the greatest sanctification, the greatest intensity of spirituality. They probably felt wonderful when they were tapped with the responsibility of carrying the things that the Israelites needed most in the desert. Until they learned they were going to get no wagon and no wheel. According to Kutzker Rebbe, there's not a single spark of holiness in life that comes without your shoulders being weighed down 
recognizing how much effort it takes to squeeze beauty and light and joy and love and kedusha and sanctity from moments that could pass by without your paying any attention to it. Sages such as Rabbi Abraham Joshua Heschel 50 years ago, modern rabbis like Rabbi Mike Cummins says the same thing about our experience of tefillah. If you come to shul on a Shabbat morning with light streaming through beautifully and the songs mixing in harmony and expect it to be easy to draw out of that experience spiritual enlightenment, you have not listened to the Katskarebi. When one is disappointed in the impact of one's spiritual experience, it's very easy to address that disappointment to God. Where was God when I was praying? Or address it to the functionary in the room or the combination of harmonies that you did or did not hear. A person who knows better recognizes that to expect ease is to be disappointed and to expect the highest things of oneself. What did each of us do before we walked into this room to increase the chances that there might be a minor epiphany, a moment where we connected heavens and earth and the effort that we put in led us to an experience of the presence of the divine. Whether we are talking about the next stages in life, which come with frequency, with a little bit of terror, and also hopefully with the confidence that we are up to the task. Whether we are talking about extracting beauty from prayer and from love and relationship, I hear the tradition giving us these two messages simultaneously. Have confidence that you are up to this task and there is great possibility in front of you, young bar mitzvah student, new ninth grader, new husband and new wife, penitent who walks into synagogue and know at the same time that the most exquisite of beauties and meanings will only arrive to you if you are willing to put that burden on your shoulder Allow yourself to be laden down heavily with it and find from within that travail and that challenge the most beautiful of pearls. And so I say to Ness and to his classmates, and I say to the recent Pressman graduates, some of whom might be present or listening, and I say to the wedding couple that I'm going to marry tomorrow, and I say to every one of us on the precipice of something that could be either a nothing or in everything, you got this, and now go get it. You have been listening to another in our series of podcasts from Temple Beth Am, a dynamic center for conservative Judaism in Los Angeles. If you enjoy these podcasts, we invite you to write a review on the Apple Podcast site or wherever you get your podcasts. For more information about Temple Beth Am Los Angeles, go to TBA. LA.org.